This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views expressed by guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information discussed by guests on this program are those of the guests and is only for informational purposes and should not replace medical advice by your local veterinarian professional. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This week, Animal Pain Awareness Month, what do ladybugs have to do with animal rescue, the latest and greatest in pet travel, and a canine tale that will leave you in suspense. That's what's on our show this week. Let's get started. Hey, do you hear that? What is that? It's the bark heard round the world. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's Susan Marie. Hi, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-host, the Doggy Divas themselves, Francesca. Coco, and our newest little diva, Miss Olive. Miss Olive is the cute little Italian greyhound rescue in the picture with the microphone. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Email us at doggydivashow at aol.com. That's D-O-G-G-Y-D-I-V-A show at aol.com. We love hearing from you. So go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. What if you could protect the life of your cat with something so simple and affordable that you already use every day? Get ready for the evolution of kitty litter. It's Pretty Litter. Along with all the features you've come to expect from your kitty litter, Pretty Litter's patented and scientific formula will also monitor your cat's health and detect illnesses early while providing industry-leading odor control. Two kitty litters, same cat, same price. But there's one important difference. Pretty Litter reacts to your cat's waste by detecting health issues simply by changing color. And the key is that Pretty Litter detects these issues before your cat shows symptoms of physical illness or pain, likely saving you major dollars in vet bills while protecting the health of your cat. What do you think, little guy? Ready to switch litter? Pretty Litter. Colorful insight into your cat's health. Go to prettylittercats.com forward slash cat 101 or use coupon code cat 101 to get 20% off your first subscription order. Let's talk pets on petliferadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show, and I am here with Monica Layton, president of Professional Pet Sitting, and she has a wonderful pet tip of the week for us. And, you know, Monica, all of our animals at some point have some level of pain, you know, whether it be severe after surgery or just pain. It could be arthritis. Can you tell us some ways for us to deal with pain since this is Animal Pain Awareness Month? Yes, September is Animal Pain Awareness Month, and I always kind of like to bring up some of the 
things that we can do to help our pets stay pain-free. Um, especially as our pets are aging, they can get into arthritic issues. Um, you know, you'll get knee issues, hip pain, and that can really, you know, take a toll on our furry friends. So a couple of things, if you have, even as a puppy, if you have a larger weight dog or a dog that's more prone to hip dysplasias or knee issues, you know, start them out on glucosamine supplements, you know, as young as possible. And for all pets, I mean, I have all of my guys on glucosamine and joint supplements, simply because every single day when these pets are running and being active, your joints are degrading a small amount over time as we age on a regular basis. And the glucosamine will not put cartilage back on your joint, but it will help so it doesn't come off as quickly. So, you know, something as, you know, easy as a glucosamine chew for a pet can really add on extra time to where some of these pain issues can be prolonged. Not that your pet's never going to have them, but if you start with the supplementation at an early age, then they just degenerative loss that they can get can be less as they age. Um, that's always the first step when it comes to, you know, arthritic issues, things of that nature. When the glucosamine supplements and things like that aren't enough and the pet is having enough of a pain threshold to where you have to get into therapeutic things, then you always have side effects, which is a huge huge things. One, most of the pets that are having these arthritic issues are the majority older pets. So these pets, you have to be concerned over kidney, liver, heart, things like these to begin with. And then when you add in some pain medications, some of them can have side effects, um, you know, that can, you know, produce excessive, you know, kidney damage or excessive um, liver damage. So always being cautious about running blood before you start any kind of pain medications by your veterinarian. Having the blood run on a regular basis, I would say at least every three to six months, just to make sure that the levels are staying where they should. Because if you start a pain medication, those levels can raise because of the medication. And sometimes you won't know it until they become sick. So if you run the blood, we usually recommend when you start a pain medication, running blood before you start it, and then 30 days later. So after you've been on it 30 days, make sure you have another blood panel run to make sure that those levels are not getting too high on that medication. And if they are, you know, we need to, you know, suggest maybe switching to something else. Um, they have a product called Galapriant, which is a pain medication that came out this year that does not have some of the side effects that some of our remedils and medicams and things do on the kidney and liver. Um, so there, you know, is an option there. And another option I always like to recommend and talk to people about is the laser treatments and the acupunctures, the things that, you know, really have minimal, extremely minimal side effects. Um, you do not want to laser a cancer patient. But besides that, really any other patient can have laser therapy. It's extremely safe. Um, therapeutic lasers, how they work is they supercharge your blood cells. So when the laser is put over an inflammation, when you have a, a joint or a hip or a back, maybe they're slipping a disc or have knee, um, you know, meniscus tear, things of that nature, those tears and those injuries, they cause inflammation in that joint. So inflammation is kind of like thinking, think of it kind of like as 
dirt in a, you know, in water or something. You have a pile of water and then you're adding dirt to it. So it's kind of clogging up that water. It's getting gross. It's getting murky. And it's not going to, you know, if you put sand inside water, it's not going to flow. It's not going to be as effective. So when you put the laser over um, that area, the blood cells are going to dump all the toxins and the bad stuff from that blood cell, and it's going to add oxygen to it. And when you add oxygen to it, they work more effectively and efficiently. So therefore, that inflammation is going to start coming down. And the inflammation is oftentimes what causes the pain in that area. So you can get a lot of relief that way. Um, there's, you know, same thing for wound care. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do with a, you know, with a laser, a therapy laser, and it's extremely safe. Um, if anybody is interested in, you know, getting more information on it, um, we personally have the K laser. There's different types out there, but if you go online, um, it's www.klaserusa.com and they have little videos. Um, they have it for people. We have clients that came in and, you know, they had a back, uh, a dog that's back was slipping discs and we use the laser on that you know dogs that come in paralyzed and we are able to oftentimes return their function and get them feeling good again and the clients were just amazed to where they come in and they're like we, you know we want it done on us where can we go and they do you know a lot of the orthopedic um doctors ear nose and throat doctors use the laser ear infections allergy issues um so if you go online to the um k laser usa website you know you can click veterinarian or human and type in your zip code and it'll tell you where you can find um a doctor in your area or the closest doctor to your area that provides laser therapy for you and there's lots of other brands and things out there but definitely you know look into those routes because if we can keep our pets pain free then they'll be with us a lot longer well i know for a fact coco's a chewini she's part chihuahua part docs i'm kind of a low rider and so we try to keep her from jumping up on the couch and the chairs and um she had done it and we didn't know what the matter with her was so we came here and doc checked it out immediately he did the laser on her and she couldn't even walk i don't know if you remember this this was like she was like really in a bad way and she was crying and she was in a lot of pain and he did that and um it was only after the first one that she was better we had a couple more done but i mean she was I can attest that this is great. And also on Olive's ears. He used it on Olive's ears. And I mean, I can't believe how quickly she cleared up. And some surgeries he's done for us, the way it heals is amazing. It's absolutely amazing because when you use a laser, it really helps with that healing process. It does. We use it um, after all of our spays, neuters. Um, we put it over the incision line to increase the healing and increase the pain and inflammation. We also do it um, on all of our dental scalings. That way, when they come home, that you know the gums aren't red and inflamed. Um, you know, then they're back to eating and everything normally that evening. You know, without the the pain and soreness. So it, it is a great tool. I swear by it, and I really think if you want to see if your if your vet does it, number one, the laser. Otherwise, you can go to K uh, Laser USA, go to their website and find out because you may not only want to do it for your pet, but you may want to do it for yourself. So anyway, Monica, that's wonderful as we celebrate Pet Pain Awareness Month. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Coming up, can rescuing ladybugs really change the world? Find out how. Stay tuned. 
put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four-legged friend? Or just want a fun excuse to throw a fun party with your friends from the dog park? Deck out your party with Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories, party products designed specifically for pets. There are wearables, including adjustable pet party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The photoprop kits include funny glasses and hats. The party supplies and decorations include coordinating table covers, party banners, cake decorations and treat bowls, cups and bags. Everything you need to create great memories and Instagram-worthy photos. They're available in two colorful themes, Tropical and Fireman. It's a dog's life. Celebrate it with Molly and Bandit Pet Party at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. There are countless times throughout our lives when we are presented with a choice to help another soul. We all want to. But can we all do it? Well, there's a remarkable and inspirational book, Rescuing Ladybugs, Inspirational Encounters with Animals That Changed the World. And it was written by an award-winning journalist and best-selling author, Jennifer Skiff. And in the book, there are stories of remarkable people who didn't look away from situations that need changed. And it describes how their lives and our lives, too, have been enriched while they worked to save others. And it's such an honor for me to have with me today on the show, Jennifer Skiff, the author. And she's also the author of Divinity of Dogs and God Stories. Welcome, Jennifer, to the Doggy Diva Show. I'm so excited to be here, Susan. Thank you so much. And thanks for all the amazing rescue work you do. And I know it was uh, a lot of it, you know, has been inspired just in recent years by Sophia and, um, and that you've carried so many torches in her memory and, uh, you know, lighting the world um, and telling the stories of other dogs that really need help and other animals as well. So you're a hero in our world, and I'm so excited to be with you today. Oh, thank you. You know, Jennifer, I have to tell you, I love the book so much. Of course, the title's Rescuing Ladybugs, so people are like going, oh, my, Rescuing Ladybugs. And one of the things I loved throughout the book is each person that you interviewed, you asked them, have you ever rescued a ladybug? We don't stop to think about something like that so small. I know that when I was young, my grandmother uh, brought me up, and she's the one, if a ladybug would land on our finger, we'd say it's going to bring us good luck, and we'd carry it. We'd take it over to, like, one of the, of the plants. We were all, we always had gardens and and let it go off, and it was like, I, you always look at the ladybug as such a positive thing. So I really, I love the title of the book. Can you just tell us what was your inspiration to name the book Rescuing Ladybugs? Just said it. You know, um, it, it, it just came to me one day, and right at the beginning when I was working on, on the, um, when I was starting to write the book, it was. It's really about the fact that I, I travel the world a lot. I live in Australia and I live in Maine. I travel the world about three times a year, and. I started asking everyone I met, whether they were Chinese or whether they were German, uh, Greek, have you ever heard of the ladybug story? And you know what? Everyone told me, <laughs> yes. You know, very rarely did I run into someone that said no, and it was usually man. <laughs> you know? But um, they told me yes. And so 
I started thinking about our parents teaching us with that ladybug story. They were really nourishing our natural empathy and um, teaching us how to feel compassion for all animals at that very, very young age. And we were also being taught at the time that kindness has rewards. Well, this book is about people who have shown extraordinary compassion for other animals. So really rescuing ladybugs just seemed like the perfect name. And it also, whenever people hear it, it, it kind of brings a smile to people's faces when I say, oh, yes, I've written a book called Rescuing Ladybugs. And so um, it's a good way to intro you know, at times a serious subject. And, you know, when you interviewed so many remarkable people along the way, what was the inspiration to write the book? Well, like you, I had always been a um, dog and cat rescuer and bunny rescuer, and um, uh, it wasn't until um, 1998, and I was, in the, I was in the country of Laos, uh, and I was researching a book that I wanted to do about the Vietnam War. And I was visiting a cultural park, and my boyfriend was with me at the time, and he said, uh, he was ahead of me on this path, and he said, Jenny, don't come down this trail. And, of course, I went, and there was uh, a bear. Actually, there were there were a few bears, and they were in these tiny, tiny barred cages. And they had literally grown into these cages. They couldn't turn around. They couldn't move. And um, one of the bears uh, was crying, crying like a baby, and he had one of his paws stuck into his mouth, and he was rocking back and forth, and um, they were, you know, they're called sun bears or Asiatic bears. They have a little crest on their chest, and um, I looked at him, and I was very close to him, and he reached out his hand, his other hand to me, at like a friend would, like, help me, and I looked down at his paw, and there were blisters all over it. And so I asked the zookeeper, if you will, uh, what is that? And uh, through the interpreter, he said simply, well, that's where people put their cigarettes out on his paw. Mm. And I was, I, I remember just my knees buckling and my boyfriend saying, you know, Jenny, there's nothing that we can do here. You can't save every animal in the world. And I remember just looking at that bear, that bear looking at me. I was feeling his suffering. And I said, you know, Johnny, um, I can't look away. I, I can't. I, I, I just can't. And so it took two years. Uh, I established a relationship with the communist government. Um, they gave me some land. And I traveled the world <laughs> working with bear specialists to uh, and, and worked with friends, asked friends for money, asked them for their jewelry, <laughs> anything that they would give me. Uh, and we raised the money in Australia and in the United States and uh, built the first bear sanctuary in that country. And that bear, I am so happy to tell you, was released finally into that sanctuary. And now there are 23 bears. So a very happy story. Uh, you know, it's a great story, but that was... That was the start of it for me. That was an epiphany with a species of animal that wasn't a pet. When I realized we're, we're all the same. We're all animals. We all think. We all feel. We all care. And I just had to do something about it. And so when it came down to writing this book, um, just to progress a little bit, I was offered a two-book deal in Australia for the Divinity of Dogs. And the publisher that I chose, um, who offered that two-book deal, said the second book had to be a memoir. Well, it took me two years to figure out how do I write in a, a memoir about myself, which I really didn't want to do, that might be an important book 
And so I started thinking, well, what about that moment with the bear? How about all the people I've met in my life along the way who are doing amazing things in the world for other species? Let me ask them how it all started. And it always started with their connection with an animal that wasn't their pet. And, you know, in reading the book, I was touched. There's animals, like you said, the bear. You had, like, an amazing experience when you were supposed to be on vacation. And the the little monkeys and the porcupine, oh, my gosh. I mean, there's so much. And I'm reading this book going, because it is, it's about, are you going to turn away or are you not going to turn away and you didn't turn away and sometimes sometimes I'm seeing myself going oh my gosh <laughs> that it's the same thing it's like you can't turn away and that um and with the people that you spoke to in the book um and it seems like you met amazing people in your lifetime along the way because what they did and I'm talking about people who work in not only with animals but the sea world with it covered so much and it's like people who didn't look away and the theme of each chapter is kind of it gives you that feeling you walk away going oh my gosh what a difference that person make and sometimes it could be something simple sometimes it could be someone who's totally not involved in it but gets involved in it and you just show that yes there is a way for people if you see something you don't have to turn away you can do it and there's so many ways you could help you know it's not Sometimes you don't have to physically do the work. There are people there, kind of like, if you build it, they will come. And that's what I well, read you know in your that. book. Yes, yes. Wonderful. I mean, you know that. And, you know, and, and if you love animals the way all of your listeners do, you know, we're all, we've, you know, we grew up kind of bucking everybody else in a way. People were like, it's a dog. <laughs> you know, who cares if it's mm-hmm. on a chain, you know, and all that type of stuff. And you kind of had to go with your own instincts and fight, instincts and fight it. Well, the truth is, when you do, and, and we're in a different generation now, too. Things are changing. But when you do take that step, when you do call that animal control officer, when you do make a fuss about something that's going on, you will find that you're not alone. You will find that there's an army of people behind you. And like that story um, in um, Flores, Indonesia, on the island, mm-hmm. where, you know, I was at a hotel, and, and I saw all these horrifically chained uh, monkeys, these poor, innocent animals. Um, it, yes, I facilitated change, and I saw their release back into the jungle, which was a beautiful thing. But it was only because so many people before me had complained. If I had been the first complainant, then they would have, they would have appeased me, you know, let us offer you a nice pina colada tonight mm-hmm. while you're sitting by the sunset. Let's not worry about this. We'll take it into consideration. But, you know, the trip advisor and every all those people who had come before me facilitated that change. And so we are in it together. Things don't always happen as quickly as we like, but we can create change. And, you know, people call some people call it the animal rights movement. I call the movement that we're in right now the compassion movement. I love that. 90% of the people on this globe consider themselves compassionate beings, but they don't always act on it. And that's where we're at. You know, that's where we're at right now. If someone's offended by that term, animal rights, I can, I can assure you this is about a much bigger picture than a term like that. This is about us all moving forward in the right way instead of the wrong way. Now that you bring that up, like we have so many listeners and actually our listeners are, we have an international audience 
what is something the average person can do to help impact the world or, or change the lives of animals, whichever, whether they be domestic animals, wild animals, whether it be in the, you know, the ocean, what can the average person do to make a change? Well, there's so many things to do. I mean, I could write, I could talk about this forever, <laughs> as you know. Um, always support charities that are creating change. I know there are a lot of change.org um, type of uh, petitions that go around, but uh, I do a lot of work with the Humane Society of the United States, and and they're very active in Washington. As a matter of fact, I lobby in Washington um, with them. Uh, on animal welfare issues. And those animal welfare issues are often connected with people issues as well. So, you know, we are all in it together. But I say support organizations like that who are creating sweeping change for animals. But then on the local level, support your local animal shelter. Mm -hmm. If there's still a pound there, take in the blankets, take in the towels, take in the cans, you know, um, give money where you can, um, have drives, educate your children, take the Girl Scout troops to the to the shelter, let them know what this is all about, because once they see it, they want to be involved, especially, especially kids. On an international level, many of us are traveling the world now, we go to Africa, we're going to Asia, do not participate in cruelty, and so many people would not know, would not think that they're participating in cruelty, but seriously, you know... Um, just have to watch a few documentaries, uh, like Blackfish, uh, mm-hmm. The Cove, to know that uh, by going to an oceanarium uh, that has um, trained dolphins, trained whales, that you are participating in cruelty. cruelty. You're buying into it. You know, instead, take your kids for a whale watch, you know. Mm-hmm. Go and uh, do ecotourism at its best. See them where they belong in their natural state, not where they're... Uh, you know, according to Richard Berry, who's in the book, who is one of the first dolphin trainers in the world, he, you know, he explains that he didn't know when he was training them until he really realized that dolphins uh, naturally have a smile on their face. That's, that's a natural thing. But they are being tortured and starved in order to do tricks. And they, that's you know, what kind of like the smile is. And actually, you bring him up and reading about him, it was it was very it was like heartwarming to read the story. I mean the story, the way he t- changed things around, but how you sometimes go into things so innocently because you think that this is the way it is or this is the way it's supposed to be or this is the way entertainment is supposed to be. But when you become aware and you understand it from the animals point, you know, their life, it changes everything. And, and well, actually, I have to tell everyone, when you read Rescuing Ladybugs, Inspirational Encounters with the Animals That Changed the World, you will encounter so many people who may have gone into something, didn't fully understand it, and towards the end, totally changed the way that, that, that things are being done in that area, whereas whatever they're working with. And it was so inspirational. And I felt that Walking away from your book after reading your book, and I'm, I've been in rescue for many, many years. I always feel that when I benefit and I learn more, that it's something that, um, that my listeners will definitely benefit from. And as a matter of fact, I felt that your book had such an impact in me in the rescue world, felt it had an impact not only in the, the dog world, but in the just animal world altogether. We are going to, um, 
feature in Miss Olive's Favorite Things, Rescuing Ladybugs, as one of her selections, because I do believe that sometimes things changed the way that people look at things and could change their lives, and even a micro-movement, and I think that your book is full of micro-movements, and people could definitely, definitely benefit. Thank you for your kindness. I really do appreciate it. You're making my week. (laughs) I'm so happy. And you know what, Jennifer? I want to thank you for being our guest today, but I have to thank you for all of the things that you were doing out there in the world and the things that you're doing and you shared so many experiences with us and and most of my listeners are animal lovers people that are in rescue some people who want to make a difference and i believe that your book rescuing ladybugs is going to help to enable them to even take whatever they're doing even a little further and i think that when you can do that in your life and an animal's life we talk about the compassion movement you're, you become a part of it. It's like you seek your own group of people. And if we all kind of move together like that and what you just, your book is a catalyst to that. I think that that's going to help change things in the world. So I thank you for that. Cheers. Cheers <laughs> coming down. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. This is my first interview and you are the first person who's read my book, you know, who's putting it out on the air and yes. I'm just um I'm a bit flabbergasted to to hear such wonderful things in my heart that's what you hope that you can create something that with the knowledge that you have that will reach people who you have love for in the world and in the rescue world and uh and give it give the torch to them to take it to another level so fingers crossed fingers yes. crossed and Jennifer, where can the listeners go learn to more about you, learn more about rescuing ladybugs? Because the book is out September 10th, but I know there's pre-orders on Amazon. Where can they go to learn more about you and, and your amazing life and also all the work that you do as well as rescuing ladybugs? Thank you very much. And, you know, it is pretty exciting because it's not out just yet. It, it'll be out in two days from when you yes. air this. It's dinging on the, on the number one bestseller <laughs> list, um, on a couple actually on Amazon. So I'm really excited. Um, please go to jenniferskiff.com. Also reach out to me there. It's okay. If you have a question, if you want to create an ordinance against tethering in your state, in your town, federally, in your country, go ahead, reach out to me or reach out to me on, uh, Facebook, uh, or the Divinity of Dogs on page. Facebook or Jennifer Skiff author page on Facebook, and I will help you. I promise. And I believe it, and I thank you so much, and I'm a firm believer that people come into our lives for a reason. I'm so glad you came into my life, and I love your book, and I wish it all the best. I think it's going to be a huge, huge book and make a major impact in the world. So thank you very much, Jennifer, and um, we'll be back in just a moment. Hello, everyone. Miss Olive and Sophia the Doggy Diva are so happy that their first book in the Doggy Diva Diary series, Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Home, is now available at online book retailers. So please visit Miss Olive and Sophia at www.thedoggydiva.com, that's D-O-G-G-Y-D-I-V-A, to order your copy now. And they hope that you love reading Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Home as much as they loved writing it. Thank you. Coming up, we have the inside scoop on the latest and greatest in pet travel. Stay tuned. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is 
nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops, get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. At Dinovite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. So many of us as pet parents travel with our pets, and we want them to be as comfortable and cared for as we are when we travel. We pack up our fur kids' food, we put them in these little plastic containers or plastic Ziploc bags, we have bottles of water, we have stuff everywhere, and we just hope that it doesn't spill all over the car, getting caught between the seats, getting caught under the car mats, getting baked into the sun, and after the trip is over, we're vacuuming, we're cleaning, sometimes there's dog food everywhere, well, guess what? I may just have the solution to that problem. In fact, this product is so good, we have added it to our disaster preparedness kit for our pets because it solves a multitude of problems. And we are so happy to have with us today the founder of My Pet Pail and president of Pet Partners Worldwide, Roland Grinnell. Hey, Roland, how are you? Hey, I'm doing excellent. Uh, thank you. And how are you today? I'm very good, thanks. You know, this is such an exciting... I'm, in fact, I'm looking at Miss Olive's um, little kit right here because I love it and it's easy to pack. I can just take her on the go with me and I have her little bowls. I have the little area to put the food in, her leash. But I'm giving it all away because I want you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I um, am from Las Vegas, Nevada, and I used to own a mortgage company, and I would travel. I had two little Shitsu puppies, and I would travel with them uh, daily with me. Uh, they'd always come to the office, and, you know, I found no easy way to do that. I so understand I that. So, <laughs> yeah, we as pet owners, we all experience the hassles of, of taking our pets with us just from simple food and water to all the other supplies that our pets may need. For many years, I looked for, for solutions. You know, I tried bags, I tried Tupperware, I tried, I tried so many different applications and nothing actually came and, and served the purpose that I needed to serve. And being from Las Vegas, it was, it was extremely hot as well. Um, so I wanted something that I could keep my pets uh, food and water chilled, uh, if, if need be. So, so we created the, so I came up with the My Pet Pail. It is a, not only a travel feeder, but it's your home feeder as well. So, so it, it carries, it keeps all your pet supplies in one organized spill proof place. Cause I was always spilling the food and water That's around That's how my I car. am. A mess. Yeah. Always a mess. Or I'd go to the office and I'd, I'd forget a leash or I'd forget their waste bags or I'd forget the, you know, um, just the, their little squeaky toy or, or something like that. So I decided to create the, my pet pail that has additional storage areas 
for ice packs or your your pet's medicine, um, and it's spill-proof. So what was great about that is I could just simply open it in my car if I wanted to. My pets could eat and drink, and I could close the lid quickly, and it would seal all the food and water in the bowls without having to dump them out. And I have to tell you, you know, me as a pet parent, as Olive and I, Miss Olive and I go to a lot of events, I have a tote, a, a tote, which I would have the water bottle, extra leashes, extra, you know, food, little portable bowls. And once I got the, my pet pail, it sort of solved all these problems. Plus me, I live in Florida. I'm in the hurricane, one of the hurricane capitals of the world. So we always have our pet disaster preparedness kit ready and just so happens that september is disaster emergency preparedness month this puts everything together i have it all ready to go whether if i'm going to an event if we have to suddenly you know god forbid have to take off suddenly because we have you know uh, a hurricane or something but we've got everything in one place and I, I have to tell you that one of the things that you did i thought was ingenious can you tell us about the handle the two handles what what they also are because i I thought that was ingenious. Sure. So many times, I mean, so many times I've either when I'm traveling, I've forgotten my leash mm -hmm. or I've, I've actually lost my collar off my dog and he knows where, uh, or my pet when I'm traveling. So I made the handle on the top of it, a, an, an extra collar if you needed it when you're traveling and the shoulder, uh, I doubled the leash as a shoulder strap. So it, it it has a dual purpose on on the unit. It's I like nothing that. that we create. Yeah, we wanted things to be useful. You know, we wanted to to kind of um, make it to where you had all these extra things without actually having to look for them because they just stay with your pet pail. Even if you remove the top section, your bottles stay in there. Your leash and your collar stays there, so you can use the the lower section as your everyday home feeder. And then when you're ready to go, you, you don't have to dump your, your bowls out anymore. You can just simply pick the lower base up, set it on the counter, and snap the top on, and you're totally ready to go. And I think that that's so amazing. And you're right, too, because it's the perfect level, too, for, I mean, my guys, for a feeding bowl, because it's elevated. And it's. I, I think you just thought of everything and putting this together, plus the way that it kind of locks together with those little, the little, you know, they're shaped like little bones and the little clip locks. So it's very, very secure. Prior to this, what I would do is I'd have my food, I'd have it, you know, whether it be in a Ziploc bag and a plastic thing, but it would ultimately spill or ultimately get all over the place. There's a place for everything and it's so secure that there's no way it's going to, you know, slip out, empty, you're going to drop it somewhere. It's all contained in this little lunch pail. And I think it's so cool because it looks like a lunch pail. Exactly. We figured, well, we have lunch boxes, right? Why wouldn't our pets have a lunch Absolutely. box? Absolutely. Absolutely. It comes in different colors. I have the pretty teal one, but can you tell us the colors so that the listeners know that, you know, that there are different color selections that you could have in case you're using it as a fashion accessory, which I do also. Sure. So right now, so right now we're offering it in four two-tone color schemes. And so you have like a pink and gray, which you know, super trendy. Then we have like a teal and yellow, um, which is uh, awesome. And then we have a mint green and black and an orange and black. So whether it's a, you know, a feel, uh, a female or a male, there should be a color scheme that 
that works for you. They're also, we're offering, you know, we, we offer a lifetime warranty on this product. They're so strong, I could even stand and jump on top of the pet pail and stand on it. So we say you can not only eat out of it, but it is, they're su- super strong, you could stand on it. They're dishwasher safe, they're BPA-free. We made all the bowls food, human food-grade material, so they're safe for your pet. Recently... I was traveling and I had to take my pets on the airplane and the my pet pal worked so well on the airplane because I could simply slide it out from underneath my seat, open the lid, my pets could eat and drink, and when they when let's just say the the, the fashion seatbelt light comes on, all you'd have to do is simply close the lid and slide it back underneath your your seat where Typically, I'd have to get my collapsible bowls out, <laughs> fill them with food and water, mm-hmm. and then I'd have to figure out a place to dump them really fast. <laughs> so this just solves that problem. I know. I, you know, you don't even think of things like that. You know, we're just trying to do the best we can because, you know, you're like me. I take Miss Olive with me. every. She comes with me everywhere, and I have her little, I take all of her stuff with me. This way, it's all in one spot. It's easy to do. I mean, I have it right here in the studio with, with us today. It's just so easy to use. Everything's in the right spot. Pick it up, go. The fact that you have the extra collar and the leash, and it's utilized right as the little handle or the shoulder handle of the pet pail and between the bowls, the scoops, the little poopy bags. I mean, there's so much that you got going on in here that I chose, or Miss Olive chose, I have to get it straight here because she's giving me the eyeball. We also write, Miss Olive writes for a magazine, Suncoast Pet Magazine, and in it she has Miss Olive's favorite things. And in the September-October issue, we are featuring My Pet Pail, and it is there's a picture of it. It shows everything that's in it. So, you know, the magazine's an online magazine, and plus it's also a physical magazine. But when everybody sees these pictures, and plus I'm going to ask in a second for you to give out your website information, you're going to like say, oh my gosh, why didn't I think of this? <laughs> it's like, it's so good. Thank you. You know, two other things I want to bring up. We just exhibited for our very first time at Super Zoo. Oh, congratulations, we, by the way, on Super Zoo. Thank you. We went, We took second place. I it was our it. very first show for Best Dog Product of 2018. And I'm going to tell all your listeners, if they pick up a pet pail and they don't absolutely love it, I will refund your money 100% without any questions asked. We stand behind it. You know, I've only been selling since since March of this year, at the end of March, and we've sold over 4,000 units, and I haven't had one return. Not one person has said, I don't love this. I can't, I can't, and you know what? I can't see how they would. I mean, even if you're just having it at your house, if you're not even traveling, it's got everything right there. I know. It makes such a great gift, and it's super handy. Mm-hmm. People love it. I, I never leave home without it. Matter of fact, um, my wife carries an extra one in her car as well. I mean, for maybe you've seen a rescue or an abandoned pet. Um, you know, what do you carry in your in your in your car for that? for that animal with this you you can carry snacks and an extra leash and collar we're actually working on getting the pet pails in all the municipality um police cars fire trucks oh how wonderful like that 
And it's really interesting you bring that up because I'm the person that stops in the street, gets the animal, and I always have um, I have a couple of leashes that I put in my side pocket of my car. That's what, you know, when I came in and I was talking to our producer, Chuck, I said, oh, my gosh. I said, look at this leash. It's actually, This handle's actually a leash, and this other handle's actually a collar so that now when I'm doing my animal rally, when you, when you least expect it, it always happens. And I have everything right there. It's with me in my kit. And I also have a little bit of food and water to, to give to the animal. So it's like got so many purposes, as well as just like a travel, um, uh, something to travel with your pet with. I mean, it has so many purposes as well as setting it up in your home, using it for rescue. I mean, you pretty much thought of everything. Yeah, one other thing I didn't mention is it's a raw food feeder as well. That's great. Yeah, of the two sets of bowls that are in there. And so you can put ice packs or ice cubes down below in in the lower bowl. And the bowls seal from bowl to bowl as well. So if you had dry goods down below and this thing's in it and it fell over in your car, you don't have to worry about the food or water uh, spilling out or contaminating the things down below. So, you know, for the raw food feeders that are out there, this is ideal for you. That's great because we have a lot of listeners that are raw food feeders. So this is, that is a great tip. I'm so glad you brought that up. What you, what you've created is, and being a pet parent on the go all the time, uh, you've made my life easier. And that's why we wanted to make sure everyone found out about you. And also we recommended it as one of Miss Alva's favorite things. Cause I honestly think that pet parents or people in pet rescue or people who just want to make their life easier at home, easier at home because they have the feeders and everything, everything's right here. I wanted to make sure that they knew about you because what you've done, you've created like a really phenomenal little product here. But for the listeners who want to know more about you or know more about where to get um, My Pet Pail, where can they go? So they can just go to our website, which is mypetpail.com or we're available on Amazon, but there's our family story is on mypetpail.com. And we also encourage everybody to come on and post pictures of your pets and, and just your adventures with what you go through on our website as well. So mypetpail.com or follow us on Facebook at mypetpail, uh, at Facebook and, and we do Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. We, we, we absolutely would love to see what you've gone through and, and get a pet pail from us and, and see how you love it. And I'm sure that everyone's going to love it too. As, as I said, we love it. And, you know, I'm a pet parent on the go that takes, you know, um, my little sidekick, my solid with me everywhere. So I'm telling you, you've made my life easier. And listeners out there, I'm telling you, go to um, mypetpail.com. What you're going to find is that you're going to look at something. It's revolutionary and it's going to make your life easier as a pet parent on the go. So Roland, I thank you so very much for being our guest and thank you as a pet parent. I thank you for making my life easier as I'm sure it's going to make other pet parents with your product, my pet pail. Thank you so much for your introduction. Thank you. We'll be back in just a moment. Coming up, a tale of suspense and intrigue from a popular canine mystery series. Stay tuned. 
Begging to hear more of your favorite show? <laughs> Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio and iTunes. Let's talk pets. <laughs> Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. We have with us today the award-winning author of one of Miss Olive's favorite series, The Timber Creek Canine Mysteries. Since we read our first book in the series, Killing Trail, then couldn't wait to get to the next stalking ground, then hunting ground, we now have the latest release, Burning Ridge. And we love that we have grown to work with these these characters and it's such a strong female character maddie cobb her canine partner robo and the veterinarian cole walker they're the main characters in these books and i have to tell you that i think miss olive may have a little teensy crush on robo but today we want to welcome the author back to our show margaret mizushima welcome back to the doggy diva show Thank you. It's such a pleasure to visit with you. Always a pleasure because we just love your books. You have such a diverse background. Can you tell the listeners who may not know a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, Well, I did come up from the country life. I grew up on a cattle ranch, and that uh, ranch was located near a small town in Colorado. So I do have that small town background and experience. Went away to college in the city up here around Fort Collins, Colorado, and that is where I live today, uh, out in the country near here. So my background was in speech pathology. I practiced in a, a hospital setting, and then I had my own business for about 10 years. And after the sale of that business, I decided, okay, it's my turn to learn how to write fiction. And at that point, I started attending classes and going to writing conferences and and started writing uh, fiction. I'm married to a veterinarian, and we uh, I, I also do some of the assistance uh, for him. I don't work in his clinic daily because I'm just not cut out for that. But um, I assist him after hours and, and do that kind of thing. Um, I We also have an Angus cattle herd, which Angus is a breed of cattle, and um, they're beef cows, and our, our Angus are registered, and we sell seed stock to other Angus breeders. So I had a, a wide variety of experiences that I can bring to my fiction writing. Well, and that's what I want to ask you, because you know that I'm a big fan of yours and fan of the Timber uh, Creek Mystery Series. Can you tell the listeners what was your inspiration for that and maybe a little bit about the series? Because you have a fourth book coming out, but can you tell us a little bit about the uh, the series? Yes. Actually, um, this series was inspired by one of my husband's clients. He was a patrol and protection dog trainer. He brought a dog into the clinic one day uh, for a health exam because the dog was being transferred from him to the Forest Service here in Colorado. 
And the dog had been trained in narcotics detection, and the reason the Forest Service was buying the dog was because we were starting to have so much trouble with drug traffic through the national forests and the state forests here in Colorado. My husband came home for lunch that day and told me about this, and it just gave me chills. It was like, bingo. This is the premise that I'm going to use in my mystery series. I had been thinking that a a canine officer who was female uh, would be a great protagonist. And, of course, because I've been married for 36 years to a vet, (laughs) I wanted a second protagonist who could be her love interest uh, to to play uh, Cole Walker. He's the veterinarian in the series. So that's kind of how the series was born. And um, I'm carrying over the character arc for the the main characters throughout the series, but each book has a mystery um, and a case for them to investigate and solve, and each book is contained in that mystery so that it doesn't really care, the, the, the murder and the case doesn't carry over to the next book. Well, and they could be like standalone reads. I personally love the fact that it's a series because you know what it is, Margaret? I have grown so attached to these characters, these three characters that, you know, you get to feel like you know them personally. And and I personally thank you for having such a strong female protagonist in Maddie because she's what we what we learned, especially in the last book, in The Hunting Hour, we learned more about her background and, you know, the human, humanness, actually, and that bond she has with Robo, who is her canine partner, is so strong, and it's, I, I find it to be very inspirational, and of course, Cole Walker is such a professional, and he, he's so talented, and he's, him and his family are so strong in the book. I love the characters. I can't wait till your next book. Book. But we found out a lot about her in Hunting Hour, but in Burning Ridge, so much more comes to light about Maddie. And it's got so many twists and turns that I never saw coming. And I look upon myself as, as kind of a pro in these type, like little mysteries. I love getting to the end of them. And I always have in my mind, this is how it's going to end. You had so many twists. You always do in all of them, but this was really good. And it really got into Maddie's life. Can you tell us about the latest release in the Timber Creek Canine Mystery Series, Burning Ridge? Yes, thank you. Burning Ridge came to me while I was writing Hunting Hour, actually. I had a design for the overall character arc for Maddie Cobb, who comes to the series with lots of baggage. She uh, has been raised in foster care after her mother abandoned her when she was six, Um, but her father was very abusive, and the, the night that the family broke up was rather explosive. So Maddie carries all of that with her into these books. I started to think about Maddie's backstory in a little bit different terms um, when I was writing Hunting Hour, and I thought, let's go ahead and have some surprises come into book four, Burning Ridge. I felt like Maddie, the, the readers deserve to know a little bit more about what actually took place. Uh, back in the day. And so that starts to come out in book four. 
and her past really rises up in the form of a pretty evil villain who um, unfortunately gets the upper hand with Maddie and Robo for a while. But Maddie is pretty much one of those independent women, (laughs) um, and she's very physically fit, and she knows how to handle herself in a fight. So it doesn't last forever. And um, like I tell my readers, Robo will never die. So <laughs> you can you can rest assured that Robo's going to come out of it for sure. And Robo, I'm telling you, Miss Olive loves Robo. But one of the things that I have to tell you too, um, in the book, she because of like her her personal life issue, she starts to take yoga and she starts to, and it ends up helping her in one of her situations. I found that to be so interesting. Yes. Um, Maddie is working with a therapist to try to work through some of these issues, and that starts in Hunting Hour. Hunting Hour has a mental health theme that carries mm-hmm. through the entire book, and and it involves many characters in that book. Um, I'm, I have some mental health problems among family members, and so it's very important to me to impress the fact that therapy can help people. And so um, Maddie is starting to heal, and she's starting to get help. And she, even though in hunting hours, some of her, uh, the investigation of the case is colored by her past, and she makes some mistakes, she's only human. But by Burning Ridge, she's really starting to work through some of these things, and she is using the yoga um, in order to try to soothe herself and calm herself and get herself out of a state of fight or flight. And so, yes, uh, she's able to call on that when she needs it the most. Yeah, I really I, love that. I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really loved it. I go, oh, my gosh, she has this little Zen twist, and it's all going to work. So, And that was just part of it. I mean, there's so much going on that was so – it was just amazing um, in the book. And, I, you know, I finished it in a little over a day. I couldn't put it down. I mean, I really, really love it. Which leads me to my next question, which I always ask you whenever you're a guest on my show, because, of course, I can't wait. Uh, So what can we look forward to in the next Timber Creek Canine Mystery book? (laughs) Uh, I do have two more books under contract. So there will be a book five and a book six. Great. Um, Yes, I'm excited about that. Book five is being written now. I, I have a rough draft and I'm revising. It hasn't, my editor hasn't seen it yet. It, it will carry through with some of Maddie's story. Um, but I decided that I needed to give Maddie a little bit of a break. I was pretty hard on her in Burning Ridge. So <laughs> she doesn't quite have quite as much trauma as she had in Burning Ridge. But I decided to pull in my background of uh, growing up on a ranch and also speech therapy. And so I have combined um, a character, uh, a family, a ranching family, who are uh, connected to the first victim in the story. And um, one of those family members has had a stroke, the patriarch, and he has a condition called aphasia, expressive aphasia, where he can't. Uh, communicate verbally, but he understands everything that's going on around him. So I've tried to create 
an interesting family dynamic going on there. And my goodness, there, I hope, are some surprises in that book, too. Oh, you always have surprises. That's why I, I read your book so fast because I go through them. I mean, there's, it's, you always have these little twists and turns in there, which I love. And I have to tell you that I love, you know, the countryside that you're, it, it's the beautiful Colorado Rockies. I mean, how much more beautiful can that be? Well, thank you. I love the Colorado Rockies, and I love to go hiking in Rocky Mountain National Park. If any of you listeners or you haven't been there on vacation, it's a wonderful place to come, see the most beautiful scenery. But that gives me a lot of background for my surrounding environment around Timber Creek. Um, Because I grew up on a ranch, a cattle ranch outside of a small town, I'm familiar with the meadows involved for haying and grazing cattle and how the meadows actually butt up to the forested land and the mountains. And so I've included some of that in the, the fifth book, some of that terrain and some of that type of country living and country life. And it's so beautiful. And I mean, in the, the way you describe the the area, it's just so beautiful. I know it's a small little town that, that they're working in, but it seems to broaden out and expand. And it's, there's all, and, and there's some like not so beautiful sides to it too, which are very descriptive of. I mean, it's like a real life, but the basic uh, Colorado Rockies, I mean, it just sounds so beautiful. You want to transport yourself and be there as the reader. So you, and you very accurately put us into that place. So I thank you for that. Thank you. One of my consultants uh, worked in the Sheriff's Department in Meeker, Colorado, which is very similar terrain to uh, what I imagine around Timber Creek. And he gives me lots of great ideas for how difficult it is to be a deputy sheriff in that type of country because, I mean, they're surrounded by mountain wilderness. And boy, if there's a problem, they have to go into it and take care of it. So um, I'm lucky to have him for a consultant. Yeah, you are, and and you you know you put it to word in a, in such a beautiful and convincing manner. Where can the listeners go to learn more about you, your books? Where this latest book, Burning Ridge, where it's available? Those that are fans such as myself are going to want to scoop it up right away. Well, the books are available on most online booksellers. And I know Barnes & Noble will be carrying it, and many of the independent bookstores will be carrying it as well. Um, If your favorite bookstore doesn't have it on the shelf, you can always ask for them to order it because it's distributed widely, and I'm sure they can get a hold of it. People can find me at margaretmizushima.com. That's Mizushima is spelled M-I-Z-U-S-H-I-M-A, and um, uh, that's my website, and I have some blog posts on there that talk about some of the things that we've spoken about and and how I came up with the books, and uh, you can also find links to the booksellers on all of the books on my website. 
Margaret, I thank you for being our guest today. I mean, we love hearing about, of course, my favorite group there, the with Maddie, with Robo, with Cole, and all of the characters that you have in there. And I want to thank you for bringing the readers, me being one of them, this great Timber, Lake, Timber Creek Canine Mystery Series. And, uh, and also, I mentioned it before, but with such a strong and intelligent female lead character in Maddie, as well as the tremendous bond that you show between her and her canine partner, Rubble. I mean, it, you could feel it. So I, as a reader, I've learned so much, and I appreciate and I thank you for that, and I can't wait to have you back on to talk about book five. <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate getting to visit with you. Thank you, and we will be back in just a moment. Hello, everyone. Miss Olive and Sophia the Doggy Diva are so happy that their first book in the Doggy Diva Diaries series, Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Home, is now available at online book retailers. So please visit Miss Olive and Sophia at www.thedoggydiva.com, that's D-O-G-G-Y-D-I-V-A, to order your copy now. And they hope that you love reading Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Home as much as they loved writing it. Thank you. We would like to thank our guests this week. Mm -hmm. And also, as our doggy divas always say, please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great diva week, everyone. That's all for this episode of the Doggy Diva Show. To find out more, go to our website, thedoggydiva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, the Doggy Diva Show, and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and the Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.